0: Psalm fifty two Why do you boast, O mighty one, of mischiefs done against the godly? All day long you are plotting destruction, your tongue is like a sharp razor, you worker of treachery. You love evil more than good and lying more than speaking the truth. You love all words that devour a deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent, he will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see in fear, and will laugh at the evildoer, saying, See the one who would not take refuge in God, but trusted in abundant riches and sought refuge in wealth. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever because of what you have done. In the presence of the faithful I will proclaim your name, for it is good. Ezekiel chapter 31 verses 1 through 12 In the eleventh year, in the third month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. Mortal, say to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his hordes, whom are like you in your greatness. Consider Assyria, a cedar of Lebanon, with fair branches and forest shade, and of great height, its top among the clouds. The waters nourished it, the deep made it grow tall, making its rivers overflow. Around the place it was planted, sending forth its streams to all the trees of the field. So it towered high above all the trees of the field. Its bows grew large and its branches long, from abundant water in its shoots. All the birds of the air made their nests in its bows. Under its branches all the animals of the field gave birth to their young, and in its shade all great nations lived. It was beautiful in its greatness, and the length of its branches, for its roots went down to abundant water. The cedars in the garden of God could not rival it, nor the fir trees equal its bows. The plain trees were as nothing compared to it with its branches. No tree in the garden of God was like it in beauty. I made it beautiful with its massive branches, the envy of all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because it towered high and set it top among the clouds, and its heart was proud of its height, I gave it into the Prince of Nations, into the hand of the Prince of Nations. He has dealt with it as wickedness deserves. I have cast it out. Foreigners from the most terrible of the nations have cut it down and left it. Of the mountains and in the valleys its branches have fallen. Its bows lie broken in all the watercourses of the land. And all the peoples of the earth went away from its shade and left it. Galatians chapter 6 verses 11 through 18 See what large letters I make when I am writing with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that try to compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Even the circumcised do not obey the law, but they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. As for those who will follow this rule, peace be upon them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one make trouble for me, for I carry the marks of Jesus branded on my body. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you in spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. Good morning, and welcome to the third Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Frederick, Maryland. Our uh, readings this morning come from Psalm 52, Ezekiel 31, and Galatians 6. And I was actually um, reading Ezekiel. I kind of lost sight of of the introduction, and I thought of the cedars of Lebanon and this huge, beautiful tree... Where the animals give birth and the birds make their nests and the greatest nations reside in its shade, I thought it was describing you know something good. Um, and as I began to kind of pay attention a little bit more, um, and as the the text kind of became more and more blunt, I realized it wasn't. It was it was this the cedar of um, Syria, you know, Israel's enemy, one of the powers that. Uh, came and took it away. and it appears as though this thing is good, this tree, uh, you know, this system that Assyria has set up that people flock to it, um, but it was immoral. Um, it banished Israel from uh, its holy place from the promised land. and um, even though it's great, um, and it appears as though uh, you know it's even greater than those found in the garden of God. Um, it will be torn up from the roots by God um, and it will be left out in the, in the wilderness. Um, its branches will fall and its bows will be broken um, and it will ultimately be kind of left in ruin. Um, and part of that is because of this kind of pride that it had in itself. But also the waters that it reaches um, are not you know clean waters, they're not just waters. Um, by that I mean like they're, it represents something wrong. This is the nation that exiled Israel and the tribes of Israel, starting with Naphtali and Zebulon, the, the military forces um, in the northern uh, part of Israel. Um, they, so they we know that Israel, wouldn't, when we hear of Assyria, it's usually not good. Um, and so the water... Probably is not good either. Whatever it's drawing from, whatever is powering it, um, is not good. And part of that is this slave labor. Is this um, you know exploitation of people um, and and destruction of uh, families and and homelands. And so you can get big by you know you can you can grow your nation, your your system, um, exploiting labor. Slavery was great because. You got free labor, and it it was abundant. You could just keep re- reproducing more and more and more. Um, and sure enough, you know the it appears great and powerful. Um, but there's something going on that you're not quite noticing. Um, this water that it draws from is is some version of evil. Uh, whether that's you know, chattel slavery in the American South or um, you know the, the, the systems of Assyria uh, in the ancient Near East. Um, and it's coupled with this reading from Galatians, from Paul's letter. And um, circumcision is this ongoing debate during Paul's ministry. And for all intents and purposes, circumcision is very clearly, to those people who are in the know, very clearly, God's covenant with God's people. Um, And, you know, if you're not circumcised, you're not one of God's people. Um, And that's, you know, oversimplified, but I, I think it's pretty accurate. And there's problems with that. When you start to dive more closely into it, you're left wondering, well, are women part of God's people? Are aliens and slaves part of God's people? You would think the answer is yes, but that simplified thinking... Of the covenant is circumcision, um, kind of interrupts the you know kind of clear sense of uh, of what God is doing. Uh, women can't be circumcised, but that means we have to rethink what circumcision is and this, this is not the only thing and it's probably not even the, the, at the forefront of paul's mind. Um, the problem that he's identifying, is that circumcision has begun to replace, if it hasn't already long ago, replace what it is that circumcision is supposed to do. Um, it's supposed to remind us, uh, especially men, most of whom keep their circumcised penises in their pants, it's supposed to remind us privately who and whose we are, and what responsibility that carries with it. But uh, as is you know, normal human custom, and, and kind of um, nature, these rituals uh, become repeated for their own sake instead of for the sake that they were meant uh, to be. The circumcision um, has become this litmus test instead of uh, representation, a promise. Uh, and Paul is very keyed into this. He never says, do away with circumcision. He says, it is nothing. It doesn't matter whether you're circumcised if your heart is not circumcised, and if your heart is circumcised, it doesn't matter if your penis is. Um, and the reason for that is that the Sanhedrin and you know the you know about a hundred years of, of ancient Judaism, probably even more than that, but um, you know it'd be it had replaced uh, the promise with a ritual, um, and the ritual was not in tandem with or in parallel with the meaning that it carried, it became literally an entrance requirement and little more. Um, and there were circumcised people who were assholes, who did evil. Um, there were cedars of Lebanon that were big and beautiful, but were drawing from the blood of the ground and the sweat of, of work that they had not earned. Um, and so these this subversion, this perversion, of the systems that God has created, God created water and trees and sunlight, um, but it can be perverted. It can be um, corrupted so that it actually perpetuates, um, if not, you know, tolerance of evil, evil itself. Um, and so we have to be careful what it is these things that we that we use and we we perpetuate. What these things are drawing upon. And whether or not they actually connect us with God, or if they only provide the appearance of connection with God—you know—whether they're merit badges or meaningful—and um, so uh, Paul is concerned with other people, Jews and Gentiles in the Christian fold, especially Jews who have got it into their head that you know circumcision, the tail—you know—if if the promise is the dog circumcision is a tail the tail has begun to wag the dog where you know we're talking about circumcision as a requirement it's it's a a sign it's a sacrament it's not it's not the promise itself um and so paul um encourages and he insists over and over and over again that we not mistake the rule for the law for the gospel for the good news Uh, for the God underneath all these rituals that God um, has in tandem created with us. Um, But they're not God. They're rituals. They're, They're systems that are put in place whose purpose explicitly is to direct us to God. And when that fails, we have to reinvent those systems, those rituals. We have to uproot them, just like the cedar of Lebanon. We have to uproot them and find other ways, other systems... That accomplish what those rituals and what those systems had intended um, because if they don't point us to God they are not worthy of of God's name and they're not worthy of the people of God whether thats circumcision uh, or um, you know some you know partisan ideology about you know w- women's ordination or sexuality or something how does that connect us with God you know wh- what does it matter if we th- if we Uh, Are so confident in our theology that we become unloving, right? Um, We have to be always on guard for those things that have become God's and replaced God and are leading us, you know, are are wagging us, right? The dog, being wagged by our own beliefs rather than our beliefs being shaped by who and whose we are. A prayer for. Victims of Addiction, from the Book of Common Prayer. O blessed Lord, you minister to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen.